0: I want you to know what's going on this week at Baylor University. I want to introduce you to Heather Mustaine. Heather Mustaine, her whole job is to put missions right in front of your face and make you aware of what goes on on our campus and what goes on in our world, how Baylor students impact it. So welcome Heather Mustaine to the stage.
1: Thank you. you. Um, So what we've done this week, different events going on all throughout the week for you guys to kind of get plugged in and how you can participate in missions. We have both local opportunities as well as global opportunities. So tonight, we are going to have a, um, kind of like a cultural party at the um, outside of the sub bowl called Global Village where we've hired a Latin jazz band to come and we have free food and clothes to try on from different countries and all that. And then we also, um, tomorrow night we'll have an international coffee house where you can interact with some of the different organizations and missionaries that are here and then Tuesday and Wednesday, we're going to have a missions fair, which is outside. Um, it's going to be at the Sub Bowl pretty much all day where you can if you're interested or would like to gather information on how you can, you can get connected. Um, our missionaries and organizations will be there with information. So I encourage you guys to come out this week and participate in any events that you can. We have more information. We have a table out in the foyer, so stop by if you're interested, and we can uh, just let you in on some more information.
0: Thank you, Heather. Thank you, Heather. at Baylor is part of the fabric of Baylor, so be a part of it. Go and, and seek out opportunities to be involved in what's going on this week. Part of Missions Week is our chapel today. It's very much part of what's going on on our campus. I want to introduce you to Chris C. He's going to be here a little bit later, and he's going to share with us. He's the pastor of Ecclesia Church in Houston. Anybody from Houston? Okay, fantastic. <laughs> it's the, I'm telling you, it's the Texas thing. Say anybody from Texas, and woo, yeah. So, Chris is an author. He's a speaker. He's a lecturer. But what's most important is that he cares deeply about missions. He cares deeply about kids, and he's here to share with us a little bit about uh, Compassion International and what's going on with that program. He also started a project several years ago called the Voice, and it's basically an attempt to bring to life some of the stories of Scripture. And it's a, it's a translation of the New Testament. And so I want you to, to go check it out. It's out in the foyer. Uh, what's important about this, and I found really interesting, I was talking to Chris in the back, he was in Argentina uh, talking to a pastor friend down there, and some Argentinians were making some covers for these Bibles. And so he just said, hey, how about you guys make the covers? So each cover is unique and different and handcrafted. So I would really recommend you go out there and check it out after, after chapel. Um, There's a lot of things out there. Another thing out there is music by Robbie C. This is Robbie C. right behind me. (laughs) They know you. (laughs) And Robbie's going to be sharing some of his music with us. Uh, He also leads worship there at Ecclesia Church in Houston as well and has put out music that I dearly love and music that I go and get as soon as it comes out and I I try to use his stuff at church because it causes people of God to worship God and that's why he does what he does. So, today is an important day in the life of chapel and the life of Baylor University. I want you to go out there. What's most important about today is that it's Compassion International Day, and we're going to talk about some kids, and Robbie and Chris are both going to share some of that with you. So, welcome with me to Baylor Chapel. Robbie C. Thank you.
2: All things play.
3: Hey, great to be in Waco. This is my friend from, uh, we met at about 8 a.m. So her name is Ann. She's a Baylor senior. Would you guys thank her for playing with me this morning?
2: If I needed you, would you come to me? Would you come to me and these my faith? If you needed me I would come to you I would come to you For to ease your pain In the nights for long Oh, the morning's born And the morning shines With the lights of love you will miss some rise if you close your eyes Oh, that would break my heart into life. come for me, would you come for me, to ease my pain, and if you need Thank you.
4: happy you came to see me today. My family and I don't get visitors very often, but every morning my papa has me sweep out our home before I go to school, just in case somebody comes. I like school and my teacher says I am a good student, but my favorite part is when I play soccer with my friends. My big sisters take care of me and my little brother when my father is at work. And they fix our food and help us with our homework. Papa says we've all had to grow up fast since our mother died. But now I have someone else who is helping take care of me. Papa calls her my guardian. And at Compassionate call her my sponsor. But I like to call her my friend.
3: She seems pretty happy most of the time So it's mutual And uh, for 11 years we've been married And uh, and fellas, I don't know what your relationships are like here, Even here at Baylor But in my house, I pretty much uh, just do what my wife says And it's working pretty good And so uh, she came home with one of these a few years back And in the way that only my wife can say to me uh, We're doing this So figure it out and she puts the packet I remember her putting the packet on my kitchen table, and uh, I picked it up, and I had heard about these guys. A lot of you here, you've, you've at least heard about in some vague way, like compassion. I'm, you know for me, I was just vaguely aware of I think they help kids, <laughs> you know, and that seems like something that's nice and good. And, and so my wife says to me, "We're doing this. Fill out the form." And I did and the picture has hung on my fridge ever since but here was my deal and, and, and we're we're a lot alike in this sense that life is life is full right life is busy and I know you can relate your, your days are full you look at your calendar and, and for me I just go well on, hon, honestly if you could handle this for us that would be great you know telling my wife and I have little ones at home and like if you guys could you know write the letters back and forth and keep up with this child and get the updates and all that would be that could maybe be y'all's deal. I'll focus on the music, right? Because, you know, I was pretty wrapped up and, and consumed by what I do. And, uh, and they did, for the most part. For about a year, uh, my wife handled this, and I looked at it maybe a couple times as I, you know, passed my fridge, but that was the extent. Of it. And um, last summer, we got a phone call from Compassion. We have friends that work there now. They said, we know that you guys sponsor a child, they know my wife, and they said, Why don't you guys come meet her? And uh, her name is Raquel. She's in the Dominican Republic. This is, this is her with, with my wife in the blue, and then one of my band guys and his wife. And so um, basically, my wife agreed to it without me knowing and put it on my calendar. And there we were flying down to the Dominican to meet a girl that I haven't given second thought to. And honestly, didn't know what in the world compassion was doing for her or with her in the Dominican and knew very little about the Dominican itself. And some of you, you may have been there. Some of you know Haiti and Dominican share an island. So where Ra- Raquel lives, she lives on an island that is the poorest in the west. Uh, Haiti is the poorest country in our hemisphere. Dominican is is uh, in the top five. Uh, this, is a, this is a poor place, but what makes it so unique is that when you fly in, it's gorgeous. I've actually had friends that have vacationed there. And so on the outskirts of this island, it's, it's tropical. It's beautiful. And so we flew over these beaches and we land in the capital city of Santa Domingo where Raquel lives. And then you find out very quickly that this is a place of, of, of pretty extreme poverty in, in most of the communities there. And so we land, I don't know what in the world I'm doing there. Uh, I know very little about compassion and I'm trying to just kind of go with the flow and, and not look like you know the idiot on the trip, right? And So we land and we start walking around the streets of Raquel's neighborhood. Our guide is basically saying, you know, this is uh, these are the churches in the community, and then and then we get to a corner, and she says, this is the, you know, this is Raquel's project, and she looks at me like I'm going to be amazed, and I'm like asking my wife, like, what's what's a project? I don't really know exactly how this goes down. I guess I just assumed thirty-eight bucks a month is what it takes for Raquel to be a part of this, and I I hadn't really given thought to it, and, and I just assumed that maybe somehow thirty-eight bucks showed up at, at their house, and I don't know what they did with it. But Hopefully life was better. And the lady begins to explain to me, no, this is this is where Raquel comes. Five days a week, she shows up here, and it's education and it's health care, and it's five meals a week. And and through that we share the the, the true and the, and the and the profound love uh, of Jesus. The gospel story is and she doesn't just hear that, she tastes it, and she feels the arms of someone who loves her, and this is part of her community. And we tell her, You will be somebody. You are somebody, you are loved and you're cared for. And so I'm, I'm like, okay, that's, that's, I'm, I'm starting to get the hang of what's happening here. And then she says, we're going to her house right now. And we round the corner, and, you know, a lot of you, you've been on, uh, you've been on mission or you've been in some of these situations, and it's, it's exactly what you would expect. It's, it's a house, it's the size of my bathroom, you know, and there's, there's 10 kids in her family, uh, which is crazy. I've got three, and it feels like 10. Um, and, and so there's 10 kids, and we walk in. And this very large Dominican woman uh, squeezes me until I can't breathe. And this is her mother. And she begins to introduce these kids. And, uh, and just as we sit down, uh, just without even really planning on saying so, I just I look at her and say, what does this mean for your family? And what I wanted to say was, I have no idea how I ended up in your house. This, this, this lady who's my wife, she made me come here. I don't really know much about your daughter uh, I'm basically a jerk all right and so what I what I did say aloud was like, what does this mean for you and part of me just needed to know uh, because I you know I don't know if you can relate but I, I I tend to be a skeptic and I just tend to think that God moves in huge ways and not some kind of personal one-on-one sponsorship relationship something that that could last for years I just tend to think well God's God's going to be a part of these huge what I learned very quickly with compassion and especially sitting in this girl's house is that compassion is a huge movement based on these one-on-one relationships. They become like family, you know. And so with tears in her eyes, this very large Dominican woman looks at me and says, this is life-changing. The work of compassion is life-changing. And my daughter has hope where there was no hope. And there's life in this house where there was no life, and she believes that she can be whatever she wants to be. You know, we live in a country where that's like almost cliche, right? I mean, it's not true in all cases, but in most cases in this country, we're getting to a point where most of us uh, we can we can we can be what we want to be. We can go to school, we can be educated. And man, obviously, in places like Dominican, these kids they don't grow up with that not something they're born with. And so to have this lady looking at me, I'm, I feel about, you know, this small because I didn't have anything to do with this. It was this lady. It was my wife. You know, she, this was her idea. Somehow we connected with your daughter. But I knew in that minute, I just knew that this girl is not just some random photo that I, I show on the screen for you. This girl is like family to us now. With her mom looking at me saying, please continue this. I'm thinking, this girl's, this girl's part of us now. She's not just some random photo hanging on my fridge. I don't know that if you sponsor a child, I don't know that if you go out in the, in the lobby and pick up a packet that you'll ever be able to fly and, and meet your child. Compassion does allow you to do that, and they'll help you do that as far as making the arrangements to meet up. But I don't know that that's ahead of you. I just know that as a skeptic and a guy who is way too busy to think about it, I stood in the house of a child that's connected to my family and I went that's that's God's stuff and I can write songs all day I went to, I went to school here and I, I love this school and you can get the best education and you can get a great job and I can write songs and travel and do whatever it is that's ahead of us but that can't be it dog. that just that can't be it for me God's calling us to something deeper but also something very personal you know very quickly we, we left left her house and my wife is kind of looking at me like I told you so, you know I told you this was good and I'm like okay, I'm I'm catching on and she says to me, hey we're going to dinner tonight, that we've been invited to dinner with some, basically like some government folks and then the compassion staff that works uh, in Dominican, so we go to this very nice dinner and we sit down and one of the guys leans to us and says, hey when we call to make this reservation, the girl that answered the phone uh, the hostess, uh, or whatever she she says to us, you know, when they say we're with compassion, she says back, "I was a compassion child. I work at this restaurant, but when I was eight, uh, I'm now 23. But when I was eight, for 12 years, I was sponsored by the same sponsor. So please let me come by and say hello and introduce myself to your group." And he says to us, "Hey, she may be coming by." And so we're eating, and this beautiful, you know, 23, 24 year old woman walks up, and she says, introduces herself. This this hostess who who they talk to, she's holding this stack of letters, right? And again, I hadn't written a letter to this to Raquel. I hadn't thought my I think my kids had drawn pictures for her or something, but I'm I'm too busy for that. Please, you know, I hadn't done that. She's holding this stack of letters of about 150 letters, and she says to us, "When I was eight years old, I was sponsored through Compassion International, and for 12 years, I had access to." You know, she begins to say, "This is what life was like." clinic and the education and, and the meals, and she just began to describe what I had learned about Raquel. And she says to, she says to us, this, this is my prize possession. These letters, this is my prize possession. And knowing you guys are going to be here tonight, I, I bring them here to say, thank you for the work that you do. And again, I'm like, I, don't, it's, I have nothing to do with this. And yet I'm finding out very quickly uh, that this is something I want to be a part of. Because here's, here's what happened. I flew there I knew that we would meet this 8-year-old girl. I knew that God would probably move in me in some way, as He has in many of you in, in times like this, right? I never thought I would be looking in the eyes of a 24-year-old, who when she was 8, just like Raquel is 8, she was sponsored. I never thought I'd get the chance to see what Raquel might become. I guess I thought, well, this is this is, this is is something noble, and it seems like it's good, and maybe God will bless this. But, but God's going, believe and pray for this girl. Love her as I love you. She's a part of your family. The, the, the woman looks at us and goes, hey, "By the way, my sponsor is in Wisconsin. Uh, do you know her?" I'm like, oh, "No. We live in Texas. All right, it's, it's like its own country. So when we <laughs> when we head north, I'll I'll look for her." But you know, when we left the Dominican, I just said to my wife, "Like when we go play music, wherever we're whether we're in a chapel. Normally, you know, it, I I travel with a band and we go all over the." I always just take 10 minutes and just say to you, I'm a skeptic, but knowing that that Raquel's one of a million kids, um, and knowing what God's doing, having seen it with my eyes, would you consider joining us? There's a bunch of these packets, there's folks out here who showed up with packets today. I don't know where these kids are from or what packets they have. Um, I guess my invitation to you is just as you leave and as you start a new semester, would you consider picking up a packet and? God, surely there's something bigger than just me. Because in my life, this was a beginning point, right? And let me be very clear, like this is not this is not the end all. Faith is not wrapped up in us sponsoring kids. Uh, faith is much larger than that. So if this is this is our token mission uh, item, we're missing it, right? But for me, it's been such a catalyst for me to say life is not just about the stuff that I buy. Life's not just about me spending my money on me and, and what am I doing next and what's ahead of me. My family, God's called us to something bigger. And so just as Chris comes, I would invite you, just as you walk out, there's two tables out there, pick up a packet, consider joining us in this. And uh, thank you guys again for letting me be with you. And uh, would you guys welcome my oldest brother, Chris C.,
5: sitting here as some people got up and they seemed to have everything figured out. They had all the answers to all the stuff and I sat there reading That's what I'm quick reflexes. In case in case you hadn't noticed, it has somehow become uncool to sound like you know what you're talking about. Or believe strongly in what you're like saying. Invisible question marks. sentences, even when those sentences aren't, like, questions, you know? Declarative sentences, so-called because they used to, you know, like, declare things to be true, as opposed to other things which are, like, totally not, have been infected by this tragically cool and totally hip and tone. As if to say, don't think I'm uncool just because I noticed this, okay? I am nothing personally invested in my own opinions. I'm just asking you to join me on the bandwagon of my own uncertainty. What has happened to our conviction? Where are the limbs out from which we once walked? Have they been, like, chopped down with the rest of the rainforest? You know? Or do we just have like nothing to say has society become so conflicted by these feelings of yeah that we've just gotten to the point where we're the most aggressively inarticulate generation to come along since like a long time ago so I implore you I entreat you I challenge you to speak with conviction conviction to say what you mean in a manner that bespeaks the determination to which you believe it. Because contrary to the wisdom, the bumper sticker, it's not enough these days just to question authority. you got to speak with it too. Taylor Molly captured in this poem this sense of what I had been longing to experience. Just a few things that I was really sure of. And one of them is what Robbie was talking about, the sense that I knew... That if my life was about me that it had to be very small a few friends of mine uh we got together as pastors in fact one's a baylor grad his daughter alex is up in the balcony somewhere you'll love alex and um alex say hello she's down here she said she was going to be in the balcony she's here and we we discovered we looked at some old dead sea scrolls and we found that christmas actually originated with the birth of jesus not many people knew this and um and that Christmas was actually supposed to be about Jesus. And instead of buying ourselves more and more extravagant gifts, we thought, what if we devoted ourselves to clean water? And I wanted to show you a clip. We went to Liberia to visit after one of these first Christmases. You guys with me back there? And um, and I want to show you a video of one of, one of the first wells that we drilled with Abbot Conspiracy. This is the chief in this village. That's the mud hole that they used to drink from. And this clean water in the village had changed the the very dynamic of this place. Everywhere we went, they had written things like, God is love, and Jesus is the house, oh, so.
2: Why wow, don't we get together, we could wait everything
4: tonight, we could waste what just happened? <laughs> yeah, can we do that again,
0: just to make sure,
2: Chris,
0: you want to interview her?
2: Uh, Now don't pretend to know what you want.
4: Listen, two minutes and time. One more time. I do one. Now please, please don't
2: pretend to, to know what's oh, on I am. my mind. We already knew everything that everybody knows. We, 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 <laughs> <tonight. laughs> we would have nothing to learn. So on it. We would have nothing to show tonight. <laughs> Everybody thinks, everybody knows about, everybody knows, nobody knows. So, why don't we, we get, get
5: together? The Crystal Cathedral. And I've had a number of doctors or physicians come up and explain to me. Finally, it was actually a veterinarian that explained to me how this works. And he said that basically any of us can train ourselves to do it. and Remarkably, he taught me how I'm going to show you today. I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. Not real. We, um, but these girls were really nervous down here. They were not. They were not happy about that at all. The um, when when Winston showed up, it's in some ways like what happens when the prophets would walk into a village. Um, they, in their appearance and their words, would say things that would stop you in your tracks. That would force you to begin to look. Uh, Walter Brigham, in a great Old Testament theologian, says it this way. He says, The prophets would paint a picture of the world as it is and the world as it should be. That's part of what's happened for you today. Many of you are looking, and whether it's your income or wherever it comes from, 95 or 100% of what to provide a meal for her each day when we hear about that something within us says it is worth me working a few extra jobs it's worth me picking up a campus job even maybe not the most prestigious one maybe you could work in the cafeteria throw on that hairnet right and work a few hours and guys i'm telling you you throw on that hairnet and you said why are you working have a line of women lined up to date you that you had never imagined before right and and mostly because we're dying to be around people that care about others more than themselves if you've got a friend in this room that seems to care about you in any way remotely as much as they care about themselves already you've decided this is a friend I want to keep and if some of you in this room saying you know what I'm going to care about this child who I've never met more than these other things I desire you begin to realize what Jesus was saying that yoke looks like it's another job it's another thing to do that might wear me out but really it's what I was made to do I'll find that come alive in that place would you stand with us I want to send you out with a benediction at, at multiple tables outside of Waco Hall and here we have these packets if you'd love to support our brothers and sisters in Argentina we have some of these again if you sponsor a kid we'll buy you a get pack today So come by VTACs. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you for the journey that we share together in this place, a place where we can learn, where our character can be refined. And, Lord, even as we hear you speak in the scriptures, we're reminded that too often our life becomes so self-centered and so much about us. We were made to share your blessings, Even on a day that we can begin to feel sorry for ourselves, we pray that you call us out of that place and into a much more beautiful place. I pray that we learn today. I pray that we express love and kindness to those around us and that we find your grace anew. We pray this together as brothers and sisters united in one voice, praying in your name, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.